It's time for East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik. Brought to you by GovTech, your government technology insurance company. Check them out at govtechinsurance.com. And by Accelerate Solutions, providing enterprise security, digital transformation, and strategic consulting. Hi, I'm Reba Magulik, and welcome to this episode of East Coast Hustle. How many of us can say that we have successfully pursued two of our career passions simultaneously over two decades, all while growing and raising a family? Well, wait until you meet our guest today, David Yang. Not only has he risen to senior leadership levels in some of the most transformative IT companies in federal and commercial sectors, but he never gave up on his role as a firefighter and at EMT over the past 20 years. Did I also mention how enormously popular he is in the DC GovCon space with over 10,000 connections within government and industry? I mean, everyone knows David. Today, David serves as the Senior Vice President for Digital Transformation at ICF International. And prior to joining ICF, David held leadership positions in Fortune 500 companies and the US federal government, including the Library of Congress. He has spent more than 30 years working and consulting in the public sector and private industry, and we are so pleased to have him here with us today. David, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. This is exciting. It's such an honor to have you here. All right, so where do we begin? David, my understanding is you've had 12 jobs in the last 30 years. Tell us about this journey. And, and I know you're such a humble guy. I mean, you know, you don't consider yourself successful, but everybody outside looking in is like, wow, how do I get to where he got in life? So question is, tell us a quick story on how you got here. And also, did you always know this is where you were going to land? Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, I want to make sure everyone knows I was, I was not fired. <laughs> I just uh, kept moving. You could say maybe I was restless. In fact, one of my, if I had to reverse, uh, go back in time and tell my, um, younger self some life it would probably be don't move around so much not really? that I, not that i think you should stay too long in one place but i probably jumped a little bit too early from some mm. jobs um for the wrong reasons so okay. now i tell people like if you're gonna make a move make it for the right reasons and most oftentimes it's not about money right interesting which probably my earlier jumps were about either money, money. or uh, the prestige or whatever it was the title I, perhaps I, yeah i look back and go man younger David, I wish you had just <laughs> stepped back and just thought it through. And I, I think I was telling you the prep, one of my uh, regrets was not staying in the federal government longer. Uh, so I, that is very interesting to me. Yeah. And I think, you know, <clears throat> particularly in DC, you having been on both sides of it, people want to hear this. Yeah. Um, because I'll just share with you, frankly, my impression is, wow, turn industry, why mm -hmm. would you want to go back? But clearly a lot of people do. What are yeah. your reasons? For wishing I stayed longer? Yes. Uh, a, a lot of reasons. So obviously, we work on both sides. Right? Mm -hmm. So as a Fed, you have more impact, direct impact on mm -hmm. the mission, right? As a contractor, and I've been, I've supported almost every agency. Okay. Uh, I can impact it, and I'm obviously advising um, uh, decision makers on some big things, but I'm not, mm -hmm. I, it's all I can do. They, it's up to them and, and their... Um, their agency. So when you're on the other side, you actually make those decisions. So you can actually pull the trigger. That's extremely fulfilling. Um, and then from a, honestly, if you want to talk money and compensation, like I'm 52, so yeah. I'm nearing retirement. All my friends who stayed in the government, 
they're they're on you know they're a few years out and mm-hmm. they're excited right uh, from the from a retirement standpoint um you know they've, they've got some money in the bank they've got great benefits and a lot of them are now pivoting to their next career and so i go i could have done that <laughs> stayed in the federal government had yeah. the impact and pivoted to a new career so wow um you know that i'm i'm chairing the associates this year yes so when they came to they approached me they said can you do this i said look i'm really busy however <laughs> If you let me talk to these young professionals and genuinely tell them to seriously consider mm-hmm. a career in federal government, then then I'll do it. That's so, amazing. So I've been preaching that that message now. What a service! Uh, what a great way to give back yeah. to the community as well. Yeah. Um, and I like what you said. Hopefully, people heard that that money alone when you're young it is a reason to jump Mm -hmm. or you might be lured by the title or whatever but there's so many benefits to sticking around a little bit longer exactly well good for you and um so let's shift gears a little bit i'd like to know more about you personally um you know you're you're balancing family you're balancing uh a primary career you're in every major association and and uh community committee that i'm aware of how do you balance it all? And plus, you're a firefi- firefighter. Tell us a little bit about yeah, that. I have to um, give a lot of credit to my wife. Okay. Right. I, I tell people, uh, especially when you get hired for like a business development position. Oh yeah. Companies are going to compensate and pay you because of the network you bring. All mm-hmm. of that uh, goodwill and and sort of the, the summation of all the, you know, all your relationship that comes from many many years of doing everything you just said. Mm-hmm. And without my wife who basically kept the home fires burning, keeps the trains running, um, you know, looks after the children, all that, none of, none of this would have been possible, including the fire department. Wow. So I got to give her a lot of credit. Without someone like that in your life, there's no way, there is no way you could do, to do a fraction of this. So We bring that question up all the time because um, it, it's true. We've had other guests on the show who have a role in business development or the type of job yeah. where there are a lot of dinners, late mm-hmm. nights. Um, and I've asked that question. You've kind of answered it already. But you know, how important is it to have your partner on board with your career um, so that you don't feel like you're competing? You know? Yes, it's, it's important. Uh, obviously, she has, she's very successful in her right. She has her own career. So you're right. There has to be some balance. And when I can help out, which is not often, <laughs> I do. Um, but, you know, I think it's, you know, I probably don't tell her enough, but I do give her all the props. In fact, a partner company just called me last week. They're just like, man, you were so great. We want to thank you. We want to send you something. Like, don't, I said, don't send it to me. <laughs> send it to my wife. That's what she would like. So they're going to do that instead because I just again couldn't do without it but yeah she's she's equally successful in career so we we try as much to to support one another that's amazing but tell us more about the firefighter emt thing why that's so diverse so different is that why because it is so different from our day jobs well i was talking to someone in the the other room um didn't plan on being a firefighter um i was in alexandria when the planes hit the pentagon we we heard them hit and uh, we were at a startup company and we rushed out to the docks down there on Union Street, and we saw we saw the the the, the smoke coming out, mm-hmm. and we were just mesmerized. I was thirty thirty one at the time, and the smoke was drifting over my head, and I just I can tell you in that exact moment, I had two young children. I said, never in my life would I have thought I would be sitting here, 
being attacked on American soil. Like, exactly. I'm living through this. And I was incensed. And my very first reaction was, I'm joining the military. <laughs> and I had friends who were in the military time, and they were just like, you're too old. I was 30, 31. <laughs> I, think, I think that's changed now. But they're, they're like, you're too old. They said, why don't you look at something local, like your fire department? Mm -hmm. So I lived in Bowie, Maryland, and I went to sign up. And mm -hmm. this was 2001, 2002. And I've been there ever since. You know, and I, I do as much as I can. Um, it, that's like another full-time job. And, and so much credit goes to the other volunteers and full-time um, firefighters and EMTs because it's, it's such a demanding mm -hmm. job. Um, and, uh, and you see a lot of things too. So there's, you know, there's all those, those mental health concerns. But, mm -hmm. um, but it is, to your point, it is asymmetric. Like I tell people at work, like, um, nothing really freaks me out because I've seen some freaked out things and, and yeah. nothing. There's it probably gives you perspective. Oh, I said, there's really no situation. Um, if you know, you know, fire and EMT, we have to respond in minutes. Right. And then we get on scenes, which we don't know is going to happen. You have to make decisions in seconds, yes. life and death. So, you know, when someone says I missed a, the deadline and like the world's going to, I'm like, no, the really, the world's not going to end. Uh, yeah. Because it's <laughs> keep it I, together. I've seen some world ending stuff, but this is, it's not going to be a proposal or a, <laughs> How fascinating. So it's almost like this um, side hustle, if you will, of yours. Does it somehow feed and improve the main hustle? Oh, oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of parallels with both, especially, again, trying to make um, the right decisions with not a lot of information. Mm -hmm. right? um, and then there's a, there's a lot of training that goes into uh, the fire and EMT side, like a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's only through repetition and um, trial and error and mm -hmm. lessons learned that you become competent. And I think it's the same thing with us, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I just got off a call, I was in the lobby and someone was uh, aghast that one of their younger sales folks made a huge error uh, at an agency. And I was like, <sighs> why would they do that? Then I was like, that's because I'm here 20 years, this new person. Yeah. broke a lot of rules because they just didn't know. Right. Yeah. Gosh. So. Um, no, that's that's amazing. Um, as far as personal moments, we talked a little bit mm -hmm. beforehand about some things that affected you personally. You've gone through some difficult times. Would you be willing to share that story with our audience? Yeah, I've had two. Um, one was a startup, and I'm happy to share this idea because still no one has solved this problem. But I've been a longtime soccer player, right? Okay. Played in high school. So somehow you squeeze in soccer on top of everything. Right. Else. A little bit in college. I've coached. <laughs> I've, I've I've coached um, several leagues, and I always thought, why isn't there just a good way to organize all this? Right? Mm -hmm. Why isn't there just one? At this time, this is 1996. Why isn't there one portal when I can just go sign up mm -hmm. my team? put my people on there, all the payments are electronic, all the referees are paid electronically. No, there's no paper, yeah. and then things like, oh, the field is washed out today, or direction, it's all online. You don't find out when you get there. Right. This is 1996, <laughs> okay. and I had this idea, and I, and I banded with three of my other friends, mm -hmm. and we created a proof of concept, mm -hmm. and we did a business plan, and we actually got um, an initial um, seed round. We didn't take it, though. Oh, because again, we were just learning, and and the terms were not in our favor. Okay, but it was weird. Two of us were wanted out to just go back to our day jobs, and um, sorry, three of us. One did not, and this was a, a friend so close to me. He was like in my wedding, <gasps> and we've never talked since, right? Because we just we weren't on the same page. Oh my! So I tell a lot of people today, like if you're going to do a startup with yeah. your friends, yes. 
which I don't recommend, but if you are, make sure you guys lay down clear milestones, three months, six months, where you say, is this still in it? Is it still, everybody's still all in? Because if you're not, mm -hmm. you should come up with a rule that anybody can walk away, no hard feelings. Because we did not have that rule. Yes. And we dragged this thing out for like nine months. And that that friend still doesn't talk to me, which, which hurts me. That's, that is hurtful. And that actually leads to another interesting <clears throat> question, which is, um, as your career like it seems that you you didn't know you said i absolutely did not expect to be where i am today you know if you had asked me 25 30 years ago in that 25 to 30 year journey have you lost friends i mean th there's obviously this story but but i mean more specifically because of your success like did you have to change up your uh friendship network because old friends couldn't relate to you anymore, maybe envy had introduced itself? Um, luckily, none of that yet, right? I try, um, besides the friend I mentioned, mm -hmm. and I did learn from that. I basically learned to be much more upfront. Mm -hmm. And so if you talk to um, people I work with or business partners or mm -hmm. my, my clients, uh, I tell them I'm brutally honest, right? Mm -hmm. I will tell you straight up your baby's ugly, right? I. <laughs> I am not going to, I'm going to, if, you know, if we're not the right company for a job, I'm just going to tell you, right? I'm yeah. not going to try to sugarcoat things. So I think people may not, may think it's a little brusque, but over time, maybe they appreciate that. Have I made some enemies? Oh yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of companies that don't want my head on a stick. Oh, I doubt <laughs> that. I think your honesty is so needed. I personally yeah. really appreciate that about you. Well, it's a competitive, you know, we, we, we're in a competitive business, so. I've ruined a lot of people's um, bonuses, <laughs> but you know. So. Um, on a personal level, I know that at home you had some issues, um, health-related issues in your family. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you're willing to talk about in terms of difficult times that you faced and how you got yourself through it, and advice for other people who are going through similar things? Yeah, I didn't. I did not have the greatest childhood. Um, you know, I. Uh, you know, it's just. You know, when you grow up in this area, especially, it's mm -hmm. extremely competitive. So when you're, you're in that sort of world where you're not told you're not good enough, or maybe yeah. maybe you're not picking the right profession. I actually started out as a computer science major. Okay. At the University of Maryland, and when I switched to what I ended up being, which was graphic design, man, the oh, the repercussions oh, from the family. Still to this day. Oh, still believe to this me. Day. Yes, as yeah. an Indian woman <laughs> growing went, up, I can understand. And when I went to get to my master's, and it wasn't an MBA or all my way, to, I got more more uh, heat, um, but you know, it's, it's easy to fall in the trap that you're no good, or you're, mm -hmm. you're not, um, you're not uh, meeting expectations. But now I have three kids, and I basically tell them, I will never be that parent. Right? Yes. As long as you are um, fulfilled in what you do, right. um, don't worry about all that, you know, that stuff about make, again, it's always something like making money. Like people, I always yeah. say, if that's the primary role of being a doctor or a lawyer or these things that they wanted me, then you're really chasing the wrong things. I so agree. Yeah. And on this show with all of our guests, we always talk about the hustle and that, you know, people who are born with the hustle are, um, they have a certain uh, fabric in their DNA. Um, and, and as I hear you speaking, I really see that because there's like this pattern of you just doing what you want in life. Even if it's different or unconventional or weird, perhaps to the group that you're with at that time, there's something in you that seems to just say, hey, I'm going to do this. Or, or maybe it's just the degree of passion is so high that you're like, 
I can't stop doing graphic design or yeah. I can't stop being a firefighter. Like, yeah. can you comment on that? So I tell my kids all this. When I was in the fifth grade, <laughs> I had a teacher, Mr. Alexander, and I was, we, back in the day, you were graded like on 12 subjects. And I thought I was doing good. Yeah. But I was B's across the board. Like, and I don't mean like a couple, it was straight B's up and down <laughs> the line. And after two quarter, my parents actually came in because obviously, you can't, can't get bees. Can't have bees in this family. <laughs> yes. And Mr. Alexander said to my parents, I'll never forget, he's like, David just does just enough on every assignment. Huh. Right. He he meets expectations. He never does anything extra. Ooh. He never goes over the top. And to this day, if you if I'm gonna do something, I, I'm going over the top. Right? Is it because of that? It's experience? totally because of that one. Because I was like, I'm doing everything right. Like, yeah. And then to this day, I if you're gonna and a lot of times I turn things down because yeah. I'm like, if you're not serious about this, I'm not, I'm not engaging, right? I'm not going to do something, you know, half-assed or... Exactly. Right? Yeah, never do anything half-assed in life. Yeah. That, that, I, I feel exactly the same way. We'll be back with more East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik, after this brief timeout. For all of my friends in the government contracting business, I want to tell you about a company I know well, led by one of our guests on East Coast Hustle, Kevin Fitzpatrick at GovTech. Kevin and his team are experts in liability issues that face the GovCon industry. Now, back to East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik, and today's special guest, David Yang. Um, so I know when we talk to you about being successful, you're like, no, 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 I'm not successful yet. You know, you're still on this journey. But what would you say is something that has surprised you about what other people call success when they look at you? Like, what, what has been something that surprised you both positively and negatively about success? So if success is the peop the amount of people I know, I guess I'm kind of successful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if success is, um, have I created something? Have I changed people's lives? I guess I've done a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. um, if success is the, the size of my house or how my retirement, maybe not so great. So sometimes I go, Did I, am I really successful? Because <laughs> I'm still hustling, right? I'm not ready to retire. Um, but I think when, when I think about did I have some positive impact in, in, mm -hmm. in people's lives or, or some of the things I've done, you know, uh, when I'm serving the federal, like my, my team helped form the E-Verify program, something I'm very mm -hmm. proud of, probably one of the things I'm most proud of, right? Um, I was also uh, one of the first 100 employees at Appian and wow. really, I was just at a 20-year reunion last night. What a journey. And just to see where they've come, that's extremely proud. I used to work for the airlines. People, for, I, used to, I used to work for a consortium of airlines and we did great work supporting the um, military and government community then. I, I was really proud of that. So sometimes I look back and I go, you know, if I was to go out, you know, fairly soon, I think I've done some mm -hmm. good in this world. Absolutely. Um, and then you talk about the fire, the first responder side, like that's, I can't even, I can't even put into words like the impact you have there, which is one of the reasons you asked, yeah. why do I keep hustling? Yes, why do you keep I'm hustling? I'm getting old and slow <laughs> and my bones are breaking and I have to wear actually braces now when I go because there's, there's a lot of stress in your body. But 
it's hard to to, to abandon that because yeah you know and i'm going tomorrow night and i have the same crew and we'll be there all night into the morning and you know we kind of like you know groan and creak and but usually in the morning we've done something you know special we've saved someone's life Amazing. or helped someone just get back to their bed. I mean, it's it's a good feeling. So wow, and I suspect that you'll never really be rid of that hustle, uh, because we've spoken to people who I guess you could say nobody ever feel no, successful. People never feel like they've really hit their goals. Yeah. But you know, from the eyes of the outside world, hey, they hit and they exceeded their goals. They've retired, quote unquote. Yeah. But they never stop hustling. Yeah. It's just it's just who they are. Um, in right, your right. in in your career, David, have you ever faced unfair judgment or discrimination? Yeah, unfortunately, several times uh, in in almost every job that I've had. Um, it's not out, so much outright, but you just sort of know. Subtle. Yeah, sometimes you know you apply for a job, but they really already have chosen someone, or or they'll say, you know, they're they're going after certain, let's just say, diversity objectives, but it's not your type of diversity, right? Oh, that's horrible. So I've just learned over the years, um, you make your own luck, really. Yes. You make your own luck. Yes. Um, yeah, I almost like never apply for jobs now. I just wait for the right opportunity to come along. To come knocking on your door. Yeah, because then I know all that stuff I just mentioned, it's not an issue, right? Yeah. People, and I've always said this, like, organizations um, shun diversity or, or uh, to their own peril, really. Mm -hmm. You are shutting yourself down to the to the maximum amount of talent you get when you do that. So mm -hmm. I have no interest in working for places like that. Right. Do you still feel that's a part of our world today? Oh that yeah, that's happening. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And not not just even the I guess the on the diverse side, but I think bias too. Mm -hmm. And a lot of bias to like someone's too young. Mm -hmm. or oh yes. Maybe coming Ages from another, another industry, like oh, there's no way you could learn this. I mean, people just sort of look past. I think. Um, but the potential that's there. They make assumptions. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a specific story that was particularly hard? Um, just for anybody who's going through that very same thing right now where they're being unfairly judged based on the basis of anything, age, race, gender. Yeah, I mean, I tell people this. Unfortunately, most of the times that's happened was when I was a fed. Oh, right? wow. You'd think that wouldn't be the case. But I would no. not think, yeah. Uh, it, but it was. And it, again, I think, again, this was a long time ago. I think it's much better now, but yeah, even back then there were, you know, they would say that I didn't fit a certain type or they had their eye on something. I was just resume fodder or I totally avoid those situations now. So you didn't, con you never confronted anybody? No, and I, I, I'm, I am happy to say that the people they actually went after did not work out. <laughs> so I said, well, you know, again, you were help, you know, you were focused on hiring this particular person for whatever reason. And again, here are all these other talented and yes. diverse candidates. You just didn't think fit your mold. So again, to your peril, I guess, yes. to your peril. Exactly. It's like kind of like the graceful high road, mm -hmm. so to speak, that let the results play out. Yeah. But, um, but also, don't you feel like sometimes you have to work harder or you have to make yourself even more indispensable uh, to the organization? When in those situations, yeah, um, yeah, I, in the beginning for sure, mm -hmm. um, and obviously I don't have as tough as some other. Uh, for example, women have it way, way tougher, right? So I don't want to discount that. But yeah, I, and I, but I tell people at the end of the day, I, I mentor a lot of young, um, uh, young people just starting out. I mm -hmm. said, look, before, before you establish your brand, right? Mm -hmm. All you have is your your word and your reputation, right? One mm -hmm. of my my nephews at Deloitte. And when he called me when he got his job, I said, look, 
uh, I know how that company works. <laughs> I said, when they tell you to do something, do it right away, right? Or my fifth grade example, go over the top. Yeah. For everything they ask you to do, training, certification, just be the person that responds first. Yes. And just does it over the top. And now he's rocketing up. You're going to meet him tonight. <laughs> oh, He's yeah. rocketing up the ranks. Yeah. Um, but to people like you and me, that's like, why wouldn't you do that? Right. Like, it's why so would obvious. You not do something you said you would do. Exactly. But it's, I hate to say, like, more and more often I run to folks who are like, but you said you'd do that, and then you didn't. Yes. But you were okay with not doing that. Like, what am I missing here? So It's really yeah. strange. I mean, I hate to say, I don't want to say that the bar has gotten lower, but yeah. uh, I say that to my team all the time, too, at the 8 group. I'm like, you've got to be responsive. Mm -hmm. You've got to be the first. That's sometimes all it takes right. to shine and be right. head and shoulders above everyone else. So, David, you mentioned that it's, it's worse for women. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on that? Because I know, being a mom, having kids, I mean, here you're doing something so beautiful, bringing a right. human being onto the planet, and you're everything to that person. They're cook, they're psychiatrist, you know, everything sure. to that, that child. Um, is that kind of what you mean when you're saying that sometimes women, it's harder for women because uh, they, maybe they're not as quickly embraced or yeah. people aren't as understanding of yeah. all that they're dealing with um, after becoming a mom? Yeah, so I think you, you probably know better than most. I think women are unfairly penalized for having children, right? Mm. Especially in these high, high paced environments where people are looking quarters out mm -hmm. for um, you know, for uh, performance and you go, wait, you're, you've been out of the workforce for a little bit, are you used to this pace? Or leaving the workforce to have right. a child, and then, you know, sort of, sort of the term being, being out of, out, you know, sort of out of it or, or not, yeah. not in the game anymore. So right. that's, that's really, I don't think it's fair. Uh, luckily, I work at a company now and a lot of the companies we partner with have, you know, have changed a lot of that. So mm -hmm. um, thank God for that. But yeah, I think that's, that's unfair. Yeah, and, and I mean, just, you know, I'll, I'll put in my two cents here on this topic. Like those of us with the hustle, right? I absolutely did my best work while I was pregnant yeah. and leading up to that deadline. Because you've got a deadline. Yeah. You've got a hard deadline. Yeah. So just proactively planning everything. Yeah. And the interesting thing is the two months that I was out on maternity leave, I was like, man, I lined everything up for you guys to look at, and yeah. I don't know that anybody ever looked at it. Things just yeah. kind of coasted, and I was able to come right back in and, and take over where I left off. It's yeah. almost like people were waiting, right. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely, there, there, it, it's case in point that you can multitask, you can prioritize, you can juggle. If anything, it's an asset, yeah. and I hope more employers start to see it that way. Yeah, me too. We'll be back with more East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik, after this brief timeout. On this show, I never promote executive leaders and companies that I don't know well. My friends and colleagues at Accelerate Solutions are truly gifted experts across the company's three service areas, enterprise security, digital transformation, and strategic consulting. Accelerate optimizes efficiency and effectiveness and enhances the security of America's physical and cyber infrastructure, as well as personnel. Agencies as large, complex, and important as the FBI depend on Accelerate. To learn more, visit AccelerateSolutions.com. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-Solutions.com. 
Now, back to East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik, and today's special guest, David Yang. Earlier, David, we talked about how one thing that you've done very uniquely well, I think, is that you have uh, fed different areas of your life and different passions, soccer, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different variety of careers, everything that you've done. Whereas a lot of people, once they hit a certain point, they just kind of coast. They get comfortable. What is it about you or what advice would you have for people who are just coasting they're getting comfortable mm-hmm. um they're they're kind of losing the hustle a little yeah. bit um i don't think there's anything wrong with that if if that's how you're wired mm-hmm. i'm not wired that way most of the people i know are not that's probably why we're sitting here but um <laughs> one of the things i think you the benefit when you get to my age is you start to edit you start to edit out what is really important to you in life so mm-hmm. you know i get a lot of job offers or people ask me to Mm-hmm. start companies in this but i now have the benefit of all these lessons are so i can edit out the mm-hmm. good stuff from the bad stuff okay and so you know you know i, I turned down a lot of offers not because and they're great companies with great leaders but there's not that mm-hmm. that I, wow I, factor I've, I've, I've sort of already i can see what's in it and it's great but it's not the wow right yeah so I, I feel like the next time someone approaches me with uh something and that doesn't have to be jock could be maybe another degree or mm-hmm. a trip somewhere or a business idea, I can edit it. And if it, if it hits the right things, I'll, I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, great story. Um, three, two years ago, I was driving, I was listening to Tim Ferriss' podcast, and he had this guy Chip Conley come on. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with Chip Conley, but Chip Conley started the Modern Elder Academy. And he was the ta- Modern what? The Modern Elder Academy. Okay. And so when he was talking about it, it's a school for midlife. Oh. And he was like, he, told, he basically talked about his journey and how he was at the same point in life where we are now, yeah. going, what's next? And he yeah. created a school for it. And I literally was driving, and I, and I took my 10th car off the road, <laughs> and I was like, car. I said, I'm going to apply for this. I'm going to apply for this school. And I didn't think I was going to get in, because I f- figured like all of these like amazing people would go. So I applied, and uh-huh. I got in, and it just it's changed my life. I'm going back there, actually, in a month. That's it's, amazing, it's a great David. School. Yeah, so it was actually at that academy where I learned they, they teach you how to edit. Yeah. They, how to edit your life so that it, it's, it, it matches where you are now. Right? Yeah. So. I, love, I love that story. And it's just it, the fact that you pulled your car over and immediately yeah. signed up. And what I'm hearing you say is it's that, like that magic, yeah. that magic that you kind of feel in your gut. So like when you know it, you know it. And yeah. in your case, it sounds like you don't hesitate to trust it. Oh yeah, the other one was during the pandemic, I was um, thinking I should get a graduate degree. And mm-hmm. again, I sit on a lot of boards, mm-hmm. right? Even the fire department is a, is a, is a, uh, is a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So I go, people want me to sit on boards and the fire department, I said, I should just go get a graduate degree in nonprofit. So I just Googled the Maryland program <laughs> Unfortunately, the, the deadline was like three hours away, <laughs> and I just scrambled to like pull together my uh, my curriculum, all my you know all my transcripts. Yeah. And I put it. And I was like, and I went down. I don't remember. I told my wife. I said, "Don't freak out." But I just applied for grad school. Your I was wife like, is I, I said, "I'm probably not even going to get in," right? <laughs> but I got in. And then, like the very next week, they're like, "Would you like a fellowship?" Wow. Right? I was like, "Sure." So I, I told my wife. I said, "Don't." Don't get too excited, but I just interviewed Fellowship. No one's going to give me money, but they gave me money. Your wife is probably so yeah. used to this. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah David. You yeah. know you're going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, David, tell us a little bit about, okay, so th- we, we talked about when you, what you would say to your 25-year-old self, and you said that you wish you had had more awareness of financial planning and, and how to make your money work for you. Yeah. Uh, can you uh, elaborate on that? So I just told my 11-year-old this, I wish I hadn't bought so many cars. <laughs> no, I mean, how many cars did you buy, David? I probably bought like ten or eleven cars. Whoa! Because right? I, I was first, of all, I was a car junkie. Yeah, yeah. But then no one says, "Hey, you shouldn't sink all your money into this." <laughs> but I was buying cars in the '80s when oh. the interest rates—well, I shouldn't say they weren't weren't as high as they are because they're getting high. But I think about all that money that could have been. Heck, I could have leased it, right? Yeah. But all that money spent on what and what it could have been put towards on an investment side. Right. I probably wouldn't be sitting here or hustling. <laughs> I would have been if you long had just not retired. Only about five cars versus. Long, yeah. So, but I always think like I'm not leasing or renting. It's not my car. Now I'm like, right. I was an idiot. <laughs> right? Well, so. I mean, what about people who would counter argue that and say, "Hey, you lived your life, buddy." Yeah, you know? I, I sh- and I shouldn't say, yeah, so you, you can't go back in time and go, God, I wish I stayed in the feds or yeah. I wouldn't probably wouldn't be here, right? You yeah, know, yeah. I probably would have never met. Um, but yeah, but again, if you look back now, so again, 52 years old, hitting that age where people are thinking retirement and going, God, if I didn't buy 11 cars or waste <laughs> money here, I wouldn't be so nervous about, right? The out years, right? And so that's why one of this is one of the reasons why I said I wish I stayed a Fed, mm-hmm. um, because they're not they're they're going to have some income, mm-hmm. and of course the benefits. So the that freedom, that sort of lack of stress for that, mm-hmm. I think is so freeing. Yeah. Right. And so now you can do whatever you like, knowing you've got that in the background. Right. I don't know if you could put a a value on that. I think it's almost invaluable, right? It's so. an important uh, itch to scratch. Maybe that's not the best term, but it's an important box to check, yeah. financial freedom. Because then uh, all the different ways that you're giving back, it, it's not necessarily a greedy thing, it's just a smart thing. Yep. You know, to get to a point where you're like, okay, now I can invest my energies, not just on my hobbies, but like you're doing. Giving back, mentoring, paying it forward, um, and taking away that fear factor. Because I think whenever we're in a place where we're operating from fear, whether it's financial insecurity or otherwise, we're just not our best. Yeah. We're not doing what we were meant to do on this planet exactly. when we're operating yeah. from a, a, a place of fear. Yeah. So, David, there may be some young folks, younger folks listening to our podcast today who had to complete their college education um, just on the heels or emerging from the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and the world is different, right? Very different. It's so different. Maybe they're nervous about entering the workforce. Uh, maybe there are different challenges for them than us, you know, just hopping off a of campus and jumping into our first yeah. internship or job or whatever. Do you have any advice for them on how to recalibrate for current circumstances? Yeah, very uh, timely. My daughter's 21 and she's. Uh, heading into her senior year at Maryland, but okay. she entered right during the pandemic, uh, basically got applied for and was accepted to a, a live-in like scholars program. So mm-hmm. all of that was out the window. Mm. Um, had That's to deal part. with the campus shutdowns and the transition to Zoom. And now things are kind of slowly coming back. And a lot of them feel, f- first of all, I feel bad for them because a lot of them feel like they just missed out all the all the great times you and i had right all the relationships we made all that sort of come right they pretty much missed out on all of that that is so sad and they had to transition to a world where i guess 
being remote or virtual mm -hmm. or um, succeeding uh, in that world is now more. Now, one, one thing, it prepared them for the mm -hmm. Zoom world. So they're right. really, really good at all that stuff now. True. But um, as they're coming back online and we're hiring some college grads now, some of them made the, the right choice to obviously finish out, but mm -hmm. begin the either the internship right at the senior level to take advantage of mm -hmm. like their parents' networks or just diving into like a lot. Of, some of them want to join the federal government. I'm like, well, it's just as hard to join the feds <laughs> as is a company. Don't think it's like you apply on USA and jobs. You just get the job. I said you have to network. Yeah, you have to get your name out there. Don't be shy to ask your parents or your parents' friends, because really that's what it comes down to. Like you've got to sort of distinguish yourself. So, yes, yeah. no, I think that's really good practical yeah. real world advice. Yeah. So final question for you. Um, you are, the, tonight's event, um, various organizations that you have helped prop up. Is there anything that you would like to share with our audience about what you are promoting, um, whether it's within your company or um, on some of these volunteer projects that you'd like to share? Yeah, um, a couple things. Um, I just joined the board. Mm -hmm. It's called Tech Equity, and it's helping to... Tech Equity. Yeah, it's helping to reskill um, people from diverse communities into technology fields. Beautiful. So I just joined that and um, hoping to get more involved there uh, to spread that message. I think it's important. Um, you know, I support various charities related to first responders in the military because, you know, I just think their sacrifices, right, mm -hmm. both from the family and their personal side is so, are so enormous. Um, so I've, I have a friend uh, who just started a first responder scholarship fund for Northern Virginia mm -hmm. uh, that he's um, giving back. So if you, friends and family know f folks in Northern Virginia who are in that community, they can get scholarships for college. So that's a great thing. I can share the Please do. link with you we'll later. Please do. We'll share that. Yeah. And then even tonight, so tonight's event, all of our events, we have a charity concert coming up called Gov Jam, mm -hmm. where we choose five or six charities and all the proceeds. So that's coming up in September. You're going to hear okay. more about that. But again, choose five to six charities that benefit this community. Uh, so that's coming up. So spread the word on that. Excellent. David, thanks for opening up and sharing your story with us. This is going to help a lot of folks. Thank so you. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to have you today. Awesome.